welcome back to the latest episode of Evan Eye Rap Chat with myself, Paul Butler Lennox, and himself. And me, Paul Webster. Yeah, so our guest today is uh, Norma Sheen. She's a really wonderful actress, um, very very well known for kind of her comedic role, Bridget and Eamon. Um, she's got a couple coming up, so The Bailout, where she plays Mary Hannafin, uh, also the new series of Canco. Monk up is going into production. Yeah, and you might know her for, from some of her other works. She was a Moon Boy, and she's just a really, really wonderfully warm uh, guest. And we were, we were yeah. as I say in every episode, very lucky to have her. <laughs> yeah, but the, we're getting those phrases that we keep saying. We keep saying, without further ado. And, and uh, you know, you I know, say, you know, yeah, a lot. Yeah, so we're, we're working on those. We're aware of them. Um, so, yeah, uh, she is also uh, writing at the moment. So she's script writer. She's got some projects in it in development um, she's got one with the film board so we talked about all that um, so yeah yeah we also ha- had a little bit of a chat uh, about uh, str- her struggles as a female performer um, and obstacles that she had to over- overcome in her career which is you know you know, it's a, it's a really good one so uh, stick around for a while you might get something out of this and writer or do you prefer actor or actress or does it matter if you have a job for me you can call me whatever you like <laughs> cool cool um tell us a little bit how you got into acting first was it always a love or how did you come across it oh weirdly um my mother wrote out a, a little essay i wrote when i was seven um last year when i turned 40 and it was about when i grew up i want to be an actor and it was actually very funny because it was like oh i'll have to leave my family now and go to other countries but they'll get over it <laughs> and um, you know, and it was basically, you know, it was fairly. It made a bit of sense, but I, I knew, I knew early on, like I knew, yeah, that I needed to perform. Yeah. And was that what was your first foray into acting? Was it kind of school stuff? Or? Oh well, a, a big one would have been. Um, I can't believe we're talking about this. When I was eleven, I played. Um, there was a big audition in Cork in the Cork Opera House for Little Red Riding Hood in the pantomime. So you had like hundreds of girls coming through. And we had to, what do we do? We had to sing first, then we had to dance, then we had to do a bit of acting. So I got to play, you know, at the age of 11. There's only one panto in Cork at the time, I think. Sorry yeah. if there was another one. Um, but it was all about me. Um, so um, I got to play that part. That was the first big okay. role. And I kind of loved that. And yeah. I do remember the musical director from England trying to tell my mother I should go to London then and go to Italia Conti and one of those. But my mother was like, no way. And my drama teacher in Cork was like, no, Jesus, you know, she'll be... Beaten up. To the under drugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that was the first kind of kiddie role, we'd say, that was of okay. significant. And then did you get into it straight out, out of school? Um, I wanted to get straight into it out of school. My mother was like, no, you'll get a qualification. So I did commerce. But while doing commerce in UCD, I was in the drama society most of the time. Um, so that would have been probably my best training ground, really, because... Down there, you could be on costumes one week, you could be the lead the next week, you could be, and there'd be two, a matinee and an evening show going on every week. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, the drama society in UCD, I don't know what it's like now. Yeah, I, I have a couple of friends actually who found their way into acting through the drama sock in, yeah. in UCD. It seems to be, uh, it's a great breeding ground, a real practical 
hands on. Oh yeah, and points. like if you if you do a disastrous performance, the play is over in five days, and you just get on to the next one, and you mm. just keep auditioning. You keep you're you're on the committee one year, you're producing or whatever, you know you're drinking a lot, whatever. <laughs> and then there was a lad in the drama society who went to Rada, and I was like, oh, tell us about that. And um, I was trying to get an equity card in Ireland to do acting, and you couldn't get an equity card unless you were an actor, mm. but you couldn't act unless you had an equity card. And my friend who went to this college in Rada or in London, he said, if you do the course here, you get an equity card. So I auditioned for there. And uh, then I went to there. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just in terms of some of the work that you've done, I mean, you, you've really some fantastic credits. And I, I have to say, like uh, many years ago, I seen you in, a, in Bedbound when I, when I was in drama school. But yeah. I don't forget thought you were really fantastic and that's so well done. I um, know, well unfortunately I haven't found a play since that has really that has like been as uh, it, it's you know when you when your first play, your mm -hmm. first professional play is Enda Walsh's um the world premiere of Bedbound, yeah. blah 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 blows your mind. Oh dear, yeah, yeah um, I haven't reached that, that yeah. They're yeah, they're just I actually must give them a call, tell them write me something wacky because yeah. they're plays yeah, can be so stilted it was so he writes for actors he writes for just actors to get into the role and just go mental mm. his plays have changed now over the years but back then around the disco pigs bedbound uh, days um he was definitely into just wild one-hour shows yeah yeah it was only more than an hour and obviously very emotive and it was yeah, it, yeah. the play itself, itself is amazing but you were great in it um, and obviously you've worked since then and, and a number of very recognisable TV shows and, and movies yeah. and bits and pieces as well. Would you have any advice for, uh, I suppose, uh, female actors? Yeah. Because um, we all know how difficult it is. It is, know? and it's known that it's slightly different, more, more difficult for females than males because mm. just because if you look at a script, there tends to be more males in a play than females and mm -hmm. because the writers have tended to be male now times are changing what is it it's the uh, it's all about the women now <laughs> but i would say never sit back and wait for the phone to ring because i had a great start after rad i did a you know an award-winning show and then uh, someone else was looking for me in the abbey and i you know i thought i was the dog's bollocks and then i just kind of sat around a bit and waited for the phone to ring and you can never do that you can never ever do that um mm -hmm. and the quicker you as an actor, you're, you're not an artist, you're an interpreter. So the quicker you get out of that interpreter box and waiting for the phone to ring, the better. Your agent can't look after you. They have a hundred and something people on their wall. They have like four minutes to give you in the week and that's it. You have to get out there. Um, I was saved really that I got into voiceovers quite early. So voiceovers, um, and I just adore them, deliver every time. And Sorry, <laughs> like a wanker. Um, no, just like I, I, I just would give 150% because your terms and conditions apply and that pays my bills. So then okay. after that, I can kind of relax and I can now, I can turn down theatre because, mm. it, you know, it wouldn't pay enough for the three kids. Um, so I can turn down theatre because of the voiceovers in order to be available for the filming work. Um, mm, that's great. So that's kind of how it's been. And you kind of found your niche kind of in comedy would that be right i would never have thought that yeah. um i mean when i was in drama school i took myself quite seriously um and it just kind of happened that way and i guess even my first film role ever with filming role was the clinic and even in that you go oh i play this character that was quite quirky and you're going is she funny or is she drama and i loved that i loved that role yeah. um now recently i've been you know what you take what you get whatever but i'm trying to write my own roles as well that are a little bit more tragic comedy than just comedy because yeah. I, I i'm so grateful to people who give me work 
but a lot of it's gone totally farcical over the top and I would love to do something with a little bit more gravitas even though comedy can be way harder than drama at times yeah, um, would, would you agree that um, actors who have great uh, that have a great aptitude for yeah. comedy and timing yeah. um, would usually be great or at least very decent dramatic actors or would you, yeah. or would you say that people who t you know actors or performers who I suppose would consider themselves you know yeah. quote unquote serious actors I think it's they, a bit think harder for them to get there oh to get back to the comedy I know yeah what you or um, you know because I think um, just from some of my experiences yeah. with other actors usually the people who are very genuinely quite funny and open and, and engaging yeah. are better uh, at doing comedy. are, are well-rounded actors I find yeah okay and what I find as well is what, like say when you meet someone and you they, they don't say much which would be kind of the opposite of me so they're kind of mysterious and you know you're going oh there's something uh, really special about them and deep yeah. they might be just shy and um, you know nervous but they are come across so mysterious and quiet that they'll get the dramatic roles um, but then at the end of the day you have to deliver and if you're if you're crap at it you won't get another role so okay. uh, but I would love to do a bit more um, drama but again you just I love acting so mm. can you tell us a little bit more about your your writing um, yeah. um, you know you said yourself you want to obviously create your own opportunities and make more media material for yourself but what yeah. kind of what kind of uh, writers or artists have uh, influenced the type of work that you yeah. would like to do um, as a writer? I guess I would have always liked Mike Lee stuff, which mm. is um, quite dark, um, but yet funny. Um, mm. Now, he has the luxury of you know six months hanging around and workshopping with people and stuff like that. So I think when what I found with my, with my writing is that when the editor comes and they, they, I, I think I've written something serious because it's something that might have happened to me the day before right? going like this is true mm -hmm. and this is quite tragic and they're going that's like that's just full of gags and that's TV material and you're going okay I'm sorry but that's that's my life <laughs> so <laughs> I'm I find, sorry my life's yeah, sick what, do you what I find for film writing you have to d dumb it down a little not dumb it down um, reduce the comedy add more silences and just have it slightly more mysterious and it's about the visuals it's about um, it's kind of like the director's um, project and the and the cameraman's project, whereas TV is more the writer's um, paradise. Yeah. So TV scripts, you have the freedom to be more gobby and oh, funny, whatever. Um, and then they actually say that the theatre is the actor's playground because they're the one out there who get the, do the performance every night. Yeah. I don't think I answered your question. But, uh, well, could I you did, tell yeah, us I, about I, the projects that you have in development at the moment? If you can, tell us anything. Yeah, <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have about ten on the go, but I mean, it's trying to get them across the line, and I'm yeah. beginning, I'm sure you all like, understand that it's a miracle to get something made, that's my opinion, yeah, a course, miracle. Um, because there's so many hurdles to get over. And I have a friend, Rob Stern, he's, he was in drama school with me, and he went on into casting. He's cast Game of Thrones, he's won Emmys for it. Yeah. And he said he'll help me out with one of my projects, try and cast it. But he was just saying, it's truly, truly a miracle that anything gets made. Like, mm, yeah. every step of it. So, it, you have to enjoy the journey. And yeah. even if it's rewrite number 25 plus, yeah. you know, you're going, okay. And you have to almost feel like it's soulful and therapeutic for you. Otherwise, just stop and go mm. in and watch the telly. Don't be writing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's something I, I have to do. I have to do it for myself every night. I have to, if I don't do an hour writing a day, I feel like the day is just gone. Okay. Um, so it must be quite meditative. Is there, is there an element of conformity that comes with that? Especially if you're, 
you're writing to try to tick boxes to do to to get that yeah. you know that imaginary suitcase full of money to go off and yeah. live in the Bahamas. You know. You mean conforming to your script to, to what they to, want? Yeah, to the to the norms, the social yeah. norms. What funding bodies expect yeah, production company there is instead of going where you want yeah, to go. And I do something. believe that if you look at say someone like Mad Andrew Walsh with his plays starting yeah. off, he didn't listen to anyone. I so he certainly didn't listen to any editor and just ploughed on and did what he liked. Mm. Yeah. Um but that said, he moved into writing scripts and I think he's reversed rapidly out of that because of the whole madness and the sharks involved in that. <coughs> so um, I, I'm i learning, so I'm willing to take on advice, but I, I, you have to be careful not to take everyone's advice because opinions are like our souls, everyone has one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you have a project in development. Yes, I, I do. I have a, a script called Doing Two Jobs Badly okay. and it just kind of, it came to me easily. It's just about a, a working mum doing two jobs badly, so she's she's a bad mum. Is that a feature drama? That's a feature film, and okay. um, sorry, feature comedy, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Call it what you like. Um, so it's a full feature with the um, um, so I'm co-producing that um, with Fluent Productions, and in the middle of another rewrite now at the moment again. Okay. So it's yeah, yeah. How do you find rewriting or drafting it? Like, is it uh? Like, what, what draft are you on at the moment? Uh, well, I think when I got my last notes, and my last notes were like, you've gone down the wrong direction. Okay. You've spent four months going the wrong direction. So it wasn't, I don't mind doing another draft because I love writing, but yeah. um, it was going, you gob shite. You know, it was the reeling in the last four months of going down the, the wrong route oh, when you okay. thought you were. And it took me two days to actually reply going... I have to say, like you, I yeah, <laughs> just going yeah, yeah. So okay. a bit of that, but 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 they were right. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's um, yeah, you can just go off on a tangent and yeah, becomes a bit um, are we allowed to say masturbating if you go the wrong way? <laughs> yeah, self glorification. And then sometimes as a writer, do you find that when you have to do this project, maybe you've got the, the other nine projects are kind of bubbling away as well, yeah. and you're there. Maybe you want to work on them. Yeah, well, you, it depends on if there's a deadline coming up, then you focus yeah. on the one in hand and you push. But actually, some people will probably couldn't work like this, but I have no problem doing three hours on one thing and then that night doing three hours on something else. So you can decompartmentalize both yeah. of those yeah. strands it's actually stories. good for me, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Female, multitask. It's probably, it probably could be a bad thing. It's, it's probably been proven to be a road <laughs> yeah. to disaster, but... Probably, well, no, the acting was evidence to... Sorry, can you going to say something Sorry, Paul, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's probably with the acting and being able to wear many hats with that, with your voiceover and writing yeah. and you're able yeah. to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like... And, and five milking well. cows. That's as um, a comedian said to me once, you know, to survive in this game, you'd want five milking cows, whether you're teaching, writing, voiceovers, theatre, um, whatever else. Yeah. You, know, mm -hmm. you, need, you, yeah. you need a couple of... That's a good one. I'm gonna remember that one. Pod yeah, yeah. Podcasting. Yeah, I'll just if I can, I'll just backtrack a little bit and ask you about some of the jobs that you put on over the years and um, yeah. I, um, I guess your role as a female actor within that construct over the last in the casting process and mm. I'm not getting into cast and couch stuff because that's. Well, yeah, I've I do you know what no one's ever put me on a couch so <laughs> or ever asked me to take off my clothes so I I've no I so you're okay good. in that regard I do you know what I don't even think anyone grabbed my bits or anything never no no, okay. no. Well, well that's really positive to hear about our so. little country uh, but uh, just your experiences with, like have you any uh, kind of favorite jobs that you've been on and why kind of thing uh, or what are you uh, most proud of I guess in terms of some of your credits well. 
Bridget Naiman I did recently and they work so hard on that and you know as an actor on that you turn up and you just enjoy and have fun and yes you want to deliver and you know you love them to direct you and try and be as funny as you can and blah 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 but that doesn't feel like work like turning up to say a few lines on someone else's show because I now appreciate the colossal effort they've done got to get there um the clinic was good because it was my first show um Damon Ivor was amazing because Rick Mail was my husband in the first year and I was kind of going, okay, this what is kind of weird. Like? What an incredible we only had two days together really? and then he really? died just before series two. No way. So we two days with him and we did all his scenes in two days probably to get, because, you know, finances. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Moonboy was a great experience. Um, Chris O'Dowd again, hats off to him. He's yeah. just, he was producing, writing, directing, acting. I mean, flying off at the weekends to New York to film... Um, Saint Vincent or something with um oh god Melissa McCarthy and yeah, yeah, oh, the Bill yeah. Murray thing yeah, yeah. yeah Bill yeah. Murray yeah like yeah. you're just going where, where do you find the hours yeah, yeah. people like him Jennifer McGuire Bernard Shea um they just they they're they must have downtime as well you know lots yeah. of downtime but they when they're working they're they're it's mesmerizing hard work yeah, yeah. what other jobs do I really do? I, I I just love every one of them like I would yeah. have. I can't say I hated one. Like there was one TV show I was in, and it was it it, it went it went through the floor. It was so yeah. cra- it, it was it wasn't regarded greatly. Yeah. But it's def definitely up there in one of my top three of having a ball on it. We had a hoot on it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to name it. But you look like you're having fun. Now. I don't mean that in a bad way. But yeah. that, like, um, yeah. are you at now? Do you find yourself you're kind of looking at you're soaking it up more from like a production direction writer point of view? Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. I really am. You I'm obviously just, enjoy that part of it. I'm trying to. I'm. I'm. I'm not like a ruthless business head, so and I do think ruthless might be the hard, what wrong word, but you definitely need to be such a business shark to be a producer and stuff like that. And I'm, you know, trying to try on that hat. Of it. Yeah, it's it's some producers that I know, great guys, a lot yeah, of them, but yeah. you know they have to kind of always be ahead of the curve and yeah. they need to be very. But on two different occasions, smart. now my kids have stood at the door and tried to stop me going to auditions, going. Why are you going? Why do you do this to yourself? Why do you go out there and to let those people tell you you're not good enough for the part? Why do you do this? Yesterday, one yeah. of them actually said, where are you going tomorrow? And I said, I have this, 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 and I have an interview. And they presumed this was um, an audition. They said, you're not going. <laughs> You've got to start making your own stuff, Mum. And this is coming from a 10-year-old. They're just going, why? Why are you going to let other people tell you whether you can or can't do stuff? Like, oh, wow. oh, my God. Where you're were so you? Wise. Where were you when I was 21? <laughs> yeah. but that's, that's the advice I would, um, yeah. I would say. Listen, Chris O'Dowd, all these people who are making their own shows, they put their hands up and go, I'm not the best actor in the world, but I'm, I've, I'm clever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We talk about it a lot. You face a lot of rejection as a writer, a filmmaker, you're going for funding, but it's not quite as personal, maybe, as the acting. True, true. Yeah. Well, the writing, well, the writing is pretty personal, is personal as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. Is. That's but it's not your face. It's not <laughs> well, then again, you can always go, uh, when, like... You go. You could go for a role, and there could be a man playing it when you see the film. So they've decided really? that the friend is now a man. So then you go, okay, well, you can't take that personally. I couldn't have pulled right. that one off. Yeah. Or, or it's somebody. You know, they they've clearly gone for. You know, they might come back going, look, ethnic diversity. We can't go with you, or something like that. Or mm. okay. So this absolutely. Or uh, recently, um, the Young Offenders. I was really hoping to get a part in the TV series, and I would normally play forties plus. This was about. She was about thirty, thirty five. Okay. Again. I could play the part in my sleep. I would have been great at it. But mm. you're just going, okay, I hope they got someone really good. But, you know, you can then you can go, well, maybe I was too old. That's just, you know, you can you can always put something, put it down to something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, you're, or you're just not famous enough. And you don't, you know, the, the money people, 
you know, you, yeah, and that's that's another thing. I'm not big on social media and pushing myself, promoting yeah. myself, because <laughs> I'd say the wrong thing and offend everyone. So, um, so yeah, it's um, it's a tricky one. Like, there's people, you know, if you have millions of followers, you're going to get the role over somebody who has a couple yeah. of hundred, you know. Economics. Yeah. Um, I'll just ask you something, just because uh, I'm an actor as well. Just yeah. why do we do this to ourselves? Addicted, addicted to the buzz. Um, mm. We do love it, um, and we shouldn't moan either we've chosen this path yeah. you know it's not the only path you know get on with it or shut up and do something else literally <laughs> or have your five milking cows and because i get annoyed by you know lounging around actors who who aren't being proactive like now that's easy to say at this stage because i was one of them at one point right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but i just don't have um i don't have the patience for that then it's one thing when you know when you go to america and you see how hard working they are like a lot of the actors in terms yeah. of like um, you know, at the weekends they're doing like fencing lessons yeah, and, yeah, and stunt yeah, driving yeah. lessons and totally. all to put on the CV. Yeah, we'll barely go for a job. Once a week. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just the work is just not there. And Jennifer know? Lawrence was saying, like, you know, I felt I needed to, to progress my career at that stage, that I needed to do nude lineups at various auditions. I'm just going, what? what? You didn't. Like, I can't, I can't imagine at any age in my life going, absolutely, I'll take my clothes off for you for the hoolie. Like, so that's that would be the American yeah, idea yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In what world is that okay? That's I, I, I didn't hear that before. That's crazy. I saw that in a magazine the other day. That's yeah. absolutely that's mad. Yeah. Disgusting. Actually, speaking of drama sock, yeah. um, a friend of mine from drama sock, Colin Murphy, who wrote the Guarantee and the Bailout, um, he's doing very well. He's got a storyland um, being filmed at the moment as well, or I think it's just finished. But I'm playing Mary Hennepin in the Bailout on TV Three. Um, what was that like playing someone from the news? <laughs> that you'd know of it was great because hair and makeup do most of the work right. and you know I can't imitate her exactly but I, yeah. I they cast me because I sound and look a bit like her anyway so okay. um, so with the wig and that it was grand and it, it was a great show actually they they had a very limited budget they did it like Dogville so it's in a warehouse with and very little walls and stuff and we're all walking through walls into rooms and stuff and there's, okay. it's um, a bit like House of Cards where someone's narrating to the camera as well um, it's coming. It's really interesting. So if you're hoping to get something made for for less money than you would have hoped, yeah. it's a it's a method that worked for this. It's definitely the bailout. Yeah, it's very good. It's really nice to let me know. Yeah, you have to head off and pick up your kids and one of your milking cows. <laughs> I swear. Well, I was. I know oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I am their milking cow. I was their milking cow. Well, thanks a million for your time and thanks for coming in. You're very good. You're all I go by. We'd just like to thank uh, our sponsors, Westland Studios, uh, who've been absolutely amazing to us uh, during this first kind of batch of episodes uh, of F&I Rap Chat. Um, so yeah, for all your kind of post-production sound and uh, recording, sound recording and music recording needs, uh, you should really uh, come along to Westland Studios um, and have a look, check out their website at www.westlandstudiosdublin.com.